like a fetish club for your ears. Grab a hot drink and turn down the lights. Coming across the airwaves and into bedrooms everywhere, BDSM United is bringing you non-violent, consensual, kink education. This isn't for the kiddos or for the cookie-cutter conservative vanilla prunes. We'll be talking bondage, discipline, dominance, submission, sadomasochism, and more today on this BDSM United podcast. I am Primal Piggy. Thank you for joining me for another in our variety series that we got going on right now here on BDSM United Podcast, where we're talking about a variety of different types of BDSM things, just topics. Uh, Today, we want to go over four steps to help your partner hear your concerns. Oftentimes, a lot of people are wanting to uh, enter into power exchange or they have other in a power exchange and they feel like they want something to change or something to be different. And oftentimes they have trouble communicating uh, their concerns to their partner. Uh, one of the key signs of a secure and a healthy relationship is the ability to be honest. And having a partner with whom we can communicate freely and easily is a fundamental piece of the puzzle when it comes to achieving genuine closeness. It's also the only way for the person we're uh, with to truly know us who we are. Ultimately, it deals with authenticity. Are we being authentic within the place that we're at? Yet even the most communicative couples can struggle when it comes to finding an adaptive way to give each other feedback. Uh, Being honest is not an excuse to say every mean thing that comes in our heads. We definitely got to throw that out there on the table or to lash out at our partner anytime that we're upset with them. However, it does sometimes mean communicating about subjects that are complicated or they're uncomfortable, and then sometimes it includes emotions such as us feeling angry or hurt or upset at them. So what's the best way of approaching these topics with our partner? Uh, In our experience working with couples, here's four principles that make the biggest difference when it comes to achieving communication where both people they feel seen, they feel heard, and they feel closer to each other at the end of this communication. Number one, calm yourself. <laughs> Nothing good almost ever comes from entering a discussion in a, heating, in a heated state. Flipping our lid describes when we feel triggered emotionally and are middle prefrontal cortex essentially shuts down in our brain there there are nine functions of our of this middle cortex which include body regulation attuned communication emotional balance response flexibility empathy insight or self-known awareness fear modulation intuition and morality we want all of these functions to be working well, not to be shutting off when we're talking to someone close to us about a personal issue. 
Uh, without these functions intact, we tend to act before we think. Saying things we later regret and or having an outburst that drives us further from our ultimate goal. In order to get this prefrontal frontal cortex back online, rhythmical predictive activities help, such as taking a deep breath, counting to 10, going for a walk. We really should do whatever we need to do to center ourselves, to calm our nervous system. In these moments, we should try not to get too attached to our thoughts and should avoid building a case against our partner. The primary aim is to get calm. Then we can move on and deal with what's bothering us with these important functions back intact. Number two, don't attack. Often our first instinct when we feel wronged is to attack. Again, this is almost never a useful strategy when communicating with someone we care about. Not only, uh, that's not to say that there aren't times when we have genuine reasons to be angry. And we certainly have a right to respectfully express being angry. However, tearing the other person down, overly defending ourselves, and using all our might to win an argument on a hill to die on is not likely to help the other person understand our feelings or even to hear our concerns. When attacked, the natural human response is to get defensive. When we trigger the, this reaction in our partner, they're not going to be in a receptive state. In order to keep ourselves out of attack mode, we should avoid amping ourselves up. We can do this by paying close attention to times when we're feeding our feelings with negative thoughts. This includes uh, focusing on uh, the other person's negative traits or using evidence to build a case against them or painting a one-sided picture of any problem. The goal here is open communication. We don't want to sabotage our efforts by fanning the flame of anger making it less likely that our partner will be able to respond to our feedback without getting super defensive. We can eventually say everything we need to say, but we can do it in a way that doesn't ignite unnecessary tension and combative interactions. Number three, this is a good one. This is be vulnerable. This is really hard to do when we're angry or even harder when we feel self-righteous. Yet we do ourselves a service when we're willing to think about our part in whatever conflict we're experiencing or whatever thing we want to see changed. If we want openness from our partner, it's really best for us to be open ourselves. When we approach them, we should try to come from a place of vulnerability we should make the effort to focus on what matters to us most and express that rather than using any kind of blaming language about what they might have done. We should describe how we feel and ultimately we should tell them what we want. We should be solution driven, not accusation driven. 
For example, instead of saying, you never consider my feelings, you just do whatever you want. Whenever you want, you could say, I feel hurt sometimes when I don't feel considered. I'd really like to try, uh, uh, I'd really like you to try to ask me how I'm doing more often and hear me out when I ask for something that I want. We can also share our part in what took place. For instance, in the above example, we may say, I recognize that I'm not always very good at letting you know how I feel. And some, and I sometimes punish you when I feel overlooked. And I regret that. I'll try to be better at telling you directly when something's wrong. Lastly, ask with curiosity. As we become more vulnerable and open in our communication, we have to invite, invite the same from our partner. That means taking the sometimes difficult step of listening. Do you hear me right? Listening to what they have to say. And I want to add actively listening. That means not being distracted, but focused on listening. Our goal during this process is often to pick apart what the other person is getting wrong and arguing. But what if instead we actually tried to really understand and explore how they saw the situation? We can make an effort to be open to their perception and empathetic to what they felt. We shouldn't interrupt or jump in to be defensive. We'll have a chance to say what we thought and felt too, but validating another person's experience as distinct from our own allows them to feel free to tell the rest of their story and more relaxed when it's time to hear our story. As we do this step, all of these steps for that matter, one thing we have to do is keep our inner critic in check. That's the voice in our head that is encouraging actions that are counter to the open communication we're attempting to achieve. For example, if our partner gives us feedback, that voice may dramatize or exaggerate what they're saying. It may cause us to turn on ourselves or our partner because it makes us feel like we can't handle any criticism. If we notice this inner critic chiming in, we can stand up to it by acknowledging that these are just thoughts flooding our head like a sadistic coach shouting at us from the sidelines. They're not a full reflection of our actual real point of view. Advice about how to communicate with a partner is often easier said than done, but taking the time to calm down, to reach a place of curiosity rather than judgment, can help us avoid two things. First, pushing our partner away by launching into an attack mode and turning on ourselves for having the reactions we do. As we take these steps, we have to remember to be kind to ourselves. After all, we're not perfect. Our partner isn't perfect. But our communication can get a whole lot better. And the relationship itself can be stronger. So I hope you enjoyed these different steps, these four different steps to help your partner hear your concerns. You know. 
it's it, communication can be tough. When you add elements of power exchange, they can get even tougher. Uh, I'm Primal Piggy. Thank you for joining me in this BDSM United podcast. You can find all of our resources at www.bdsmunited.com. And uh, it's been a joy talking with you today, and I look forward to talking with you again soon. Before you go, head on over and visit our friend Nookie at datingkinky.com. She's been a longtime supporter and friend of whips, chains, and duct tape, and she's built a very inclusive service that is Dating Kinky. Built by kinksters for kinksters, poly, queer, trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla, and it's free. But also check out a Plus membership. It gives you access to nine books, three online classes, and over 250 webinar replays. That's nearly 400 hours of kinky education. Plus membership is an amazing deal. You also get access to amazing features like voice and video chat. That's datingkinky.com.